Welcome to Real Money Talks. Real strategies from the money makers and the world changers that you can use to make millions, keep those millions, multiply your wealth, and build your team. Here's your host, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View, Laurel Langmire. Hey, welcome back. This is Laurel at Laurel's Real Money Talks. And as you know, this is a podcast about making millionaires, how to make money, how to keep money, how to invest money, how to do it with the team. And I interview everyone in between that can help you along this journey. And if you don't want to be a millionaire, at least be a hundred thousandaire, right? It's going to help your life a lot. So today I have with me Jessica Mead, and she is a phenomenal. She's an educator and a guide in alternative education. She wrote a phenomenal book called Firework Humans, which you are all going to love. And um, I just look forward to meeting meeting you like in the beginning and now getting to know you uh, as uh, we develop our relationship. So welcome, Jessica. Thank you. I'm so excited that we're finally getting to do this. So let's do it. Let's do it. I want to start out with alternatives because, you know, my audience knows me fairly well and we're in the middle of our book launch, makeyourkidsmillionaires.com. They know my work is very alternative. And, uh, you know, for those of you who want to know the financial alternatives, there's the traditional and mm-hmm. then there's the alternative, which is how the wealthy live, but no one's ever talked about. So I'm the tell all of that um, and how you do it. So on the education side, I know you get questions. What does it mean alternative education? So I want you to describe that. Okay, that's super easy for me. And I love answering this question because when people look at education, they either look at public, private, or homeschooling. And they sort of lump homeschooling into this one thing when in actuality, it is so many different versions of it. You can do the Waldorf style, the unschooling, the natural schooling. Um, You can do online. There's so many avenues to it. So when you think about alternative education, it really can also go down into how you create your curriculum based on that style and what that looks like. So when we think about like in your world, when you think about alternative um, finance and financial literacy, you really get to customize it and create it how you need it to be for your family and, and all the little secrets and tips along the way to make it work. So for me, Um, lumping homeschooling together into one thing is almost like saying, you know, pizza is only one type, you know, you you can't do that. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So I want to back up. I needed to to just, I I introduced you that way. So I wanted that defined, but tell us a little bit about you. Like, I know you're not just a homeschool mom and we're, you know, powerful business moms and authors. Like you have a lot of companies like I do, and there's pretty rare that females do you know, when I say what we do. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Sure. So my journey um, into entrepreneurship started about 23 years ago. It was not the path for me. I grew up in a very dysfunctional entrepreneurial family where it constantly left us hungry and homeless. So for me, this was not a choice. Um, when I met uh, Matt, it was, uh, he needed help and he kind of he saw things in me that, I knew existed, but I never wanted to explore because I wanted a safe life. We started working together. He needed help. And from then on, we realized we had this magic in what we both offered uh, to any business. And we have grown and built and sold off 
dozens of companies. We currently have 23 in our portfolio. I have one of which is solely mine, that's Brandlink. Um, we have everything from marketing and advertising agency to a data company to auto dealerships to email platform. I mean, you name it, we probably have it because they're all synergistic with each other. So as we have had a need or we have had a vendor partner that we felt wasn't completely transparent, we then went and created a company to fulfill that. So we felt like we were functioning on truth and transparency and we could stand behind what we were delivering. I feel like we're sisters from different mothers. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, yeah, because I have literally bought and sold companies like along my journey. And I don't know that my audience knows this, so I want to share with a few fun companies that I think, and I want to get really to how like the Milk Your Kids Millionaires book can apply to homeschooling. But at, like along our journey, uh, Logan, I think was like five or six and we bought a laundromat. And uh, like just just a fun business. Wasn't going to loan it long term. Uh, we rehabbed it. So, you know, he's out there painting, you know, so we really like I wanted hands on. I want him to really see and then understand some people aren't as fortunate. So they actually bring all their clothes to a laundromat and they wash. And then he got to count all the coins. So that was a fun one. I did another one when my daughter was born. They were all both a little older and we flipped a pizzeria. I mean, that was like so much fun because my kids are pizza fanatics. So I love that you pizza as an example. Uh -huh. uh, and we turned that around in text marketing, right? By, you know, by the day that pizza, you know, delivered, we would say, so Jessica, do you and Matt on Sunday night still want that same cheese pizza for the kids and all meat for you or all vegetarian or whatever you did, we would tell, uh, it was so simple. But my point is like for the kids, um, you know, owning companies where you involve the kids was so much part of my journey to get them to be mm -hmm. entrepreneurial. And there's just fun little companies like that. And, you know, we didn't keep them for a long time, but they were fun ones. So it's I love sort of it. vital. You, you have to, in the world we live in and, and the world that anybody lives in, trying to separate everything in your life just creates chaos. You need, your kids need to understand what they do. They need to respect it. Our kids know every aspect of every company. They know probably 90% of the people that we deal with. And it's funny you mentioned that about the laundromat because one of the things that we did was we built the first chain of Mexican delivery restaurants back in 2004, 2005, before Uber Eats and all of this, there was Chinese and pizza. So, and it was, um, it was sort of like healthy Mexican food. Bella painted the walls. She mashed, mashed the guacamole. I mean, you know, getting her involved and understanding both sides, you know, the, the hard work involved in building it, then watching it grow. And then the reward of it is just vital. I mean, she could run the cash register. She understood that my husband had to write a POS system because there wasn't anything for it. That's actually his first um, introduction into writing software. And we also have a software company and that's how we <laughs> sold it as well. They wanted our POS system. So it's just seeing all of that and in incorporating your children into that, that is just the magical thing that you can do for them to set them up to have this greater understanding about money and wealth and hard work and building business and building relationships. So I, I love that. I love that you did that. Yeah. The other thing too, that I love that you just uh, said, and I'd love to share a few stories. Like my kids traveled everywhere with me. And I have this saying that I've had well, since I was a single mom, so I, and for those of, you know, that didn't know, I was 1999, I knew I was going to be a single mom going into parenting. And this wasn't like, you know, um, 
it happened to me because I think so many single parents, especially single moms, feel victimized by it. Like, oh my gosh, now I'm a single mom. How am I going to do this? I started life that way with my, you know, being a parent. So I always have the saying called, you know, you have a personal life and a professional life. You really don't. You have an integrated life. And the harder you work to separate those, right? The harder you work to separate it, the more chaotic it gets. The more you just bring them along and have them be part of the journey. And what you shared was like your kids also know a lot of your, the people you work with. So a lot, a lot of those people that my kids, you know, that I work with, my kids not, not only know, I mean, they're like almost family to us. So share that part, because I think it's so important that our kids, like, here's an example the other night. It was, uh, we r- arrived in Georgia. So I'm here at Georgia. So yes, I'm in a hotel room. Um, and it was, t- it was midnight, Thursday night. And my daughter has not seen Glenn Moore shower, who's like one of my dearest, dearest. He's like my older brother. He just turned 63 yesterday. I just love that man. He was in 24. He was a general in chance to performers, all that. Anyway, it was midnight and he calls me and he said, I know you just landed in Savannah and I just got off a set. Let's meet for a hug. And my daughter's like, mom, this is weird. Like this is, that's creepy. And I said, no, you were too young, you were too young to remember him. So anyway, fast forward eight, 108 in the morning. We sit and hug. He meet, re-meets my daughter, who's now 15 and just, you know, has, you know, dances and thought about modeling and has modeled when she was little. And I just said, now, after that, Tristan, like, so they're going to maintain that relationship. So my point is the relationships of our partners, of our friends, you know, that are significant, really help model our kids. Like, I bring them really close. So share that kind of relationship part. Because I do think for kids that just, you know, are in traditional schools and mine work. Mm-hmm. But I had had this life with me. Uh, they don't get to see the parents in relationship and how it can actually be phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. So like you, our kids have traveled all over the world. They've been to 29 plus countries. Um, that is part of our homeschooling plan is to take them and show them culture, religion, history, and the different countries, language, food, everything, so that they're getting it firsthand from where we are. And and our deal is that we pick a spot to start and we will drop ourselves there and we stay as long as we want or as short. If we're not jiving, it doesn't feel like our vibe, we move on. And we just kind of move throughout countries that way. And it's it's really a cool thing. But what's neat about that is we also have offices around the world. So they are a part of that and they know the employees. And the other really cool thing that I think is something, and they can get it whether they're in regular school, private school, you know, it's not exclusive to homeschooling because they watch you and how you interact with people. So for example, they'll watch me interact with one employee one way and then another, another way, because I really focus on conscious leadership and how to communicate not in the best way for me, but in the best way for these people. So they're learning that along the way, that it's important to really know the person that you're dealing and communicating with and how to have a true, genuine relationship because that's where you get longevity and that's where you get the value and that's where you grow together. We have employees that they may grow out of a position in one company, but they want to be part of our organization. So they move on to another company and your kids see that and they see that dedication and how you treat people. And it's just, it's a really cool thing to me that we're able to do that. And you can do that Anybody could do that. Any uh, demographic, socioeconomic set, it doesn't matter. Everybody has the ability to do that. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. 
you. See, as I'm getting to know you more, I can't wait to continue, like just get to do it um, So I want to share a few strategies and then have you, you know, talk about it from a homeschooling perspective, right? Because I know this was going to go out to a lot of your homeschooling folks as well. So one of my favorite strategies that I made up, I think when Logan's around four, is uh, never pay your kids an allowance, right? So uh, to me, an allowance is a fixed amount of money. So it treats, it's more like an employment versus we're going to be entrepreneurial. So there's home chores just because you live here is how I, you know, we organized it. And again, for all of you, you can do this however you want to. There's just, print, you know, strategies that I'm sharing and Jessica's going to share. Yeah. So we, um, we did, there's home chores because you live here. And then we uh, did this task list. So age appropriate from four literally till now. I mean, he's, he's 22 at 18 years old. He joined my LLC. Um, he's becoming a CPA. So he does taxes. He does tutoring and all that. That's very age appropriate now for him. My daughter's 15. She loves graphic design. She designs all sorts of stuff. But my point is that we did age appropriate tasks. And my favorite part of it is that we negotiated what it's worth. Yeah. So they could design. So the next sheet, and these are all going to be bonuses for the you know, folks that, that, get, that do the Millionaire Maker um, or Make Your Kids Millionaire.com. The book is uh, it's going to be like age appropriate. So you're going to get the task list, the negotiating list, and then how do you design your monthly income? So as they get older, they don't want to make 20 bucks a month or 40 bucks right. a month. They can make as much as they want but they also have the task associated. And the other thing I just want to add in there, because I know you're going to give me a great big answer for this, <laughs> is it drives me crazy when, when younger people, and I know as a young person, like in my 20s starting this, you know, like I felt different charging because I wasn't a millionaire yet. I wasn't an expert yet. And for kids, I think they need to realize that if their skill set is as good as an adult, so they need paid for it. So I really ramp up that revenue. I call it ramp up your revenue and really increase that monthly income because you can make how much you want. You can have what you want, but you've got to make the money to, have, to buy what you want. Yeah. It's understanding your value, right? Like my daughter will do video editing for us and, you know, she gets paid based on that, that the, her skill set. it's, it's the same when anybody goes for a haircut, it's which stylist you have, which level they've achieved, you know, it's, yep. it's that way with most things. And that's how it should be. It should be based on skill. Um, but for allowance, that's a big one for me as well. So I talk about that and I talk about negotiating my books. We're very aligned on this. For me, the allowance conversation is more about the psychological aspect of it. It sort of creates boundaries around money and can create this negative feeling, this negative emotion attached to money when it should not start at such a young age. You think about, I see all these families and they, their kids get this allowance every week, but oh, they didn't clean their room. So then they don't get that allowance or oh, they got a bad grade on a test. So then they dock their allowance. I'm like, you know what you're doing to your child. You're teaching them that when they do these things that are negative, that you're taking this money away and what kind of relationship are they developing at a young age with allowance. And the other aspect of that for me, just like you, is that why just hand over money to your kid? Then there's no value attached to that money. They don't understand what it means. It's just something that they get and that they can spend freely. And they have no concept of what to do with it, what to save, the value of anything in their life. So one of the things we have always done, and my kids, they go grocery shopping together, but I, ha I have a 17-year-old and a 10-year-old. So okay. since she was about 13, she's been babysitting him. And probably since she was about 15, because we have, we're walkable, 
uh, grocery stores. So she'll make lists, she'll figure out the budget, they'll go together, they price things out, they pay. It's little things like that, that that then they understand that when they eat this specific meal, this is what it costs. So that they also know moving into adulthood that there's a price for everything from the certain shampoo they like to uh, if it's makeup, if it's a toy, what the cost is if they break that or if they lose something. Jackson left his bike outside uh, when he was seven and he it got stolen. And I was not going to replace this bike. It was He was being irresponsible. He didn't put it back. And we talked about it, how he was going to make the money. Well, yeah. he decided because he's really big on recycling and mother earth. He's, he's that kid. He cares deeply. Like we're the ones cleaning the whole beach when we go to the beach kind of thing, which I love. We walk yeah, through the yeah. city here in Seattle and we're cleaning the city. I, so I love that about him that he cares so much. So he started a recycling company. It was not, it, it was not just about this recycling company. It was about learning. He had to take out a loan with me because he didn't have enough money to replace this bike. I charged him interest. Now his favorite thing is interest. If he loans money to anybody, there's 10% on that money. And like, he won't budge. And if you don't pay him back in the timeline, it goes to 15%. And as the time increases, that interest goes up. I mean, he's brutal on that, but I love it. I love it because he knows the value of his money. So it's teaching kids things like that. And not like you and I, we could just hand them anything. But really, what are we doing for them when we do that? And people make that mistake all the time. So how could homeschoolers, let's talk specifically to the homeschooling parents that are listening, mm-hmm. how could they incorporate this into whether it's, you know, I don't think it, I, so first of all, I'll go backwards a little bit. I don't okay. think financial literacy belongs in the school system. I've, I, I take a huge stance for that because every family has a different financial goal. Every, you know, everyone has a different skill set. Some people want to just be employees. I'm a huge advocate of obviously being an entrepreneur on the side or having some sort of a side hustle, I guess, is the new, you know, yeah. term out there. All the terms, um, right? All the terms. So, but because you can't do the deductions and everything else that I talk about, but however you want to do it, it's different. And at the end of the day, generational wealth is up to the family. It is not the school system's job to do any of that. And I'm taking in this book, a huge stance and this, you know, position as we roll this out, that it's not the, it's not the school's job, but so how could homeschooling parents take like a never pay your kids an allowance topic or like strategy, I was under the topic to strategy and start embedding that? Oh, I think, I think that's pretty easy. I mean, I think, I guess maybe I, I differ just a little bit because I, I believe in the school, they can, they can kind of have a discussion about basic economics. That's true. That's with true. Kids. That's and true. that, that yeah. does involve That's money, true. right? I mean, it's I would agree with that. goods and that. services. And then there's always money associated with that. So it's little things like that, that they can do even with trading blocks in kindergarten or, you know, things, understanding that a lot of um, like the little school, my daughter went to, at first, the lab school, uh, they had a grocery store and stuff. So there, there is basic things that I think schools should do around that, that just kind of puts it in their mind. But I agree with you. It is the family's responsibility to teach financial literacy. The problem with that though, is that a lot of parents, they don't even understand what the term means and they don't know how to have that conversation. So 
you can go to some really cool places like Teachers Pay Teachers, um, Brain Pop. There's a lot of different things that will dabble and provide you either basic information about financial literacy or videos, depending on what type of learner your child is, you can incorporate that. Um, but there's really no curriculum. So what I do love about your book is it kind of guides you based on age. And I think one of the biggest things we can do for our kids, homeschooling or not, is the vocabulary around financial literacy, understanding what the word saving means, spending, needs versus wants, just understanding that kids really, they need everything, right? They, they want everything, but they, that word means, those words mean the same thing. So it's the vocabulary around it that I think is very important to start at a young age with kids and just work that up as you go. It, it's, it's so, it seems so simple probably to like you and myself. And it seems so vital. They need emotional intelligence. They need life skills. They need financial literacy. Um, there's so many things that they don't get in school that they truly need. They can all be incorporated together. They all work hand in hand. So it's really the conversation is how do you incorporate all of that along with everything else that we wanna teach them. And that's also why I wrote this book is because I believe we should grow children and grow our employees from every aspect and, and figure out what their sparks are and then what their interests are and then work that knowledge around that interest. Cause we practice uh, interest-based project-based learning. So the retention and the comprehension is always there. So with financial literacy, if your child is super into let's say animals, you base all those conversations about money around the animals. Like, okay, let's build let's build an aquarium for these fish. What is the cost of the aquarium? What, you know, there's so many things to it. If we put it on a credit card, what is the interest to that? You know, or if you want to save it, how much do we need to save? What is your goal? Is it six months? So there's so many things along the way that we can do to incorporate it. It's effort. <laughs> it's just uh, the yeah. effort. It is effort, it is effort. So I'm going to actually thank you for that. And I'm going to change my mind. So I will incorporate your answer now in all my future interviews, because I love that. And you're right, there's some basics. I, get, I mean, when I say the basics, the when I have a hard stance is the goal, like your life goals and that generational wealth of, you know, are you going to teach this to your next kids, right? Generational wealth exits, the average is 2.3 years. So that would mean that my kids' kids would blow it because they didn't commit to mm -hmm. the same, you know, values and commitment to training and teaching. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And let's hear about your book. So I want to talk more about the, the Firework Human because you just started going there and talk more about that just incorporation of, because, you know, of a human. Like I know when I was a single mom, I did so much, to, like, you know, I reached out to a lot of other single parents and it was just like interesting. Like everybody was kind of victimized by it because it happened through a pretty bad divorce. It was like, oh, I, I, I can't, I'm not going to be this mom. Like, this cannot happen. Like, I'm raising, like, a man and then one of my daughter, a woman. Like, I'm raising responsible humans. These aren't going to be my buddies and my friends. There's a job to this. There's, an, like you said, an effort right. to this, responsibility to it. So talk about your book and the learning styles. I just, I love this. I love this. Okay. Absolutely. Well, first, I want to recognize what a big 
task that is being a single mom and doing that and also being mindful. I, I think this is a conversation I feel like I have a lot since the pandemic is just being mindful of yourself and your reaction and your allowances and your boundaries because our children see that and they watch that and that teaches them that teaches them how to respond especially for women because if if we don't have these boundaries and we don't create um awareness about what our needs are and our goals and we just go along with everything then that also shows our children especially our daughters that you know we were we're way too flexible. We don't stand behind what we say. We just give in. We don't have self-care or, self or value to ourselves. And so I think that's extremely important. And I, and I love that you took that mindset with your children and you knew what you needed to do to grow them into these incredible human beings. Like, like uh, for us, it's, we always say we're, we're growing uh, global citizens because we want oh, them to that. really completely aware, not, and, and linking that to finance. I mean, outside of the United States, money looks very different. So having a, an understanding of that in multiple countries, in the bigger financial areas of the world, I think that's vital as well. But so my book is, it's about these nine entrepreneurial instincts uh, and how to see them how to ignite them, how to encourage them. You can, it gives you guidelines as to see if your child or your employee or spouse or partner is, is lacking in this and how to course correct it. It has a lot of information about mindset in there, growth mindset versus fixed mindset and how to watch for triggers that will trigger you into a fixed mindset. And for a lot of adults, that's how that happens to be money. Um, it talks about concerted cultivation versus natural growth and how that affects children going into adulthood. Explain that. Explain that. I like that. Sure. Concerted cultivation is sort of what we would call maybe middle to upper class. It's where we micromanage our child along the way. We put them in tutoring. We put them in tennis. If they're really good at dance, we make sure they have private lessons. We push them and guide them and provide all of the things that they need to set them up in a way to where they're going to succeed in it, no matter what, because we are providing all of the tools along the way. We tend to have a voice when they go to the doctor and the doctor says this, we tend to question it because as parents under concerted cultivation, we feel like we know best most of the time. Um, it's a take charge. There's, there's a lot of benefits to that, but then a natural growth it is the lower socioeconomic children where they don't have access to after-school daycare. It's their neighbors or the grandma watching them. They play in the yard. They play with neighbor kids. There's no tutoring. They don't get basketball lessons or even on a team. They got to go down to the local court and play. Um, it's just a different way. But what that teaches them, it teaches them how to initiative. It teaches them resiliency. It teaches them uh, how to make something out of nothing, how to strive for more. So there's some really good parts to that natural growth. And I think the beautiful thing is, is, and I see it, I'm starting to see it a lot more with parents is a really healthy blend because they recognize both the positive and negative of both. And they try to find, I don't want to say this harmony, but this sort of balance between both. So they're not giving their child everything, right? They're not they're earning it more, um, but they're also not leaving them desolate and they're not 
not providing them with some extracurricular activities or guidance or extra help. A lot of times with natural growth, uh, parents, because they they don't know better, they don't want to question or they don't want to buck the system. They just agree with what the doctors say or what, what teachers say. They don't question it because they need all the help they can get. So it's just the two different ways that, that children are raised. And they tend to, you know, there's a very strong distinction over here and over here. Um, I was raised natural growth and I'm a very resilient human being. And I've learned a lot about people coming in and out of my life, about relationships, communication, um, all of these things that I think, I, I believe that had I not been raised that way, I probably wouldn't have these as strong and ingrained in me that I do. But I, I early on understood the importance of yeah. building that relationship as fast as I could, because people came and went out of my life super fast. I went to seven elementary schools. So I learned to get the most and be the most present in every part of my life early on, because that's the way I was raised in that natural growth. Um, it's just, it's, it's interesting. And it's not something I came up with. I mean, yeah. if you look up, you look this up, you can read a lot about it. It's very fascinating to me. So I recognize it in the book and its importance. Uh, I talk about learning styles. I talk about teaching styles, how important it is to understand the best way uh, to teach and approach education with your child, whether it's homework or that you're homeschooling, um, their learning style, what that looks like, how they learn best. I, my kids completely different on how they learn. Isabella was, she was super easy. <laughs> um, Jackson, he stands. We take a dance break every 15, 20 minutes, or he's outside running around the yard. Um, he's very audio and hands-on. So we have to have something with us at all times. If we're learning something, there's usually manipulatives with it. So working towards those strengths and then how to incorporate that all around, not just so, so I'm a strong believer and then I'll stop. I'm a strong <laughs> believer that education is not a, we start at five years old, we end at 18 or 22 or 26, depending yeah. on where they go. Education is an all day, every day throughout their whole life. So if you approach your children that way, if you approach your, your um, employees that way, you're growing them up in a way that they're getting so much more out of life and they understand that you're so invested in their best interests. We have this thing inside of our companies where we grow them up. And if they don't grow up inside of our organization, then we grow them out and we help move them on to, to keep continuing to better themselves. Yeah. So, so I get very passionate I, about all I this. I know. I love that. I, love that so much. <laughs> I, want, I want to invite you back for just that conversation on the okay. files. And, and really, I want to talk to the entrepreneurs. So I really want to focus, because uh, this was more about parenting. Mm -hmm. I, I'm publicly inviting you back to talk to the <laughs> entrepreneurs about how to do that. Because, I mean, just in these few minutes, I've learned a ton from you. Um, you. Just what I need to be doing more of right? As, as their leader of, of organizations. So I appreciate that. So here is our deal, folks. Um, you're going to run over to Amazon. You're going to get Jessica's book. You're going to get my book. You're going to send to info at makeyourkidsmillionaires.com, right? So write that down really quick. Click on the link in the show notes, info at makeyourkidsmillionaires.com. You've got to show proof of purchase, and then you're going to get our bonuses. So Jessica, talk about the bonus they're going to get when they get your book. And then I'll end with what bonuses they're going to get with my book. 
Absolutely. So my book is based on these, these entrepreneurial instincts. When I wrote the book, there was so much information that I had to cut a bunch of it out. So I thought I'm going to make it into something of true value for people. I made video modules. I made workbooks. I made downloadables, everything associated to continue the education based around this and based around learning styles and teaching styles, even little cards you can cut out, flashcards. So I have all of this so that when you read this book, you can also incorporate all of these little things along the way, make notes, mind maps, everything that's going to help you actually take action. Because for me, it's important that I know you can take action with all the tools I provide you. So I think it's really cool. And it, it also you know, caters to every type of learner. So for me, that is also a very cool thing. That's, uh, yeah. So all of you listening, you need to run out and go get, so again, just, uh, your book is Firework Humans right, mm -hmm. by Jessica Mead. So run over to Amazon, grab it. And then again, email info at makeyourkidsmillionaires.com. And we'll make sure you get those bonuses, which you should run there like in a minute, in a minute. <laughs> now, when you go to, uh, Amazon, you grab my make your kids millionaires. It's not in stores until May 10th. So this is on our pre-launch of all of that. Um, so when you order, it'll be shipped to you uh, later in the month, the ebook and audiobook will be coming out. Um, but you are getting $1,500 of bonuses. So after you get your book in hand, so I'm a, I'm a huge proponent. I love hard books. I don't have bookstores still. I just I love them. <laughs> I love to write all over them. And so you may want to grab two copies, one to keep kind of pristine and the other one, because it's an 18 year book. Um, Kyle and I, who's my partner, um, so I wrote the book with an Air Force fighter pilot. He's a lieutenant colonel, retired lieutenant colonel from the Air Force. And he did his, you know, his generational wealth for his family, very different. 25 years of service, real estate and stock was his, was his jam, right? Mine was single mom, travel the world. If I wanted, I bought it and made enough money. And, you know, it was just, so what I love is that we're providing families a very big range, very I love big that. range of you know, two different families and how, if you don't want to begin millionaires, I always say that become a hundred thousand air because being broke's rough. Yeah. It's really rough. Yeah. And the other bonus is you're going to get the never kids, or never pay your kids millionaires course that I spoke of. You're going to get my daughter and I created this financial filing cabinet of how to file money. Some things you should, you know, put away because you have seven years of taxes, some things like insurance forms and contracts you need to keep. So how do you sort all that out? Um, that's more the adult version, but we start growing that up and there's a kid's version that you're going to get. And then you're going to get put more cash in your pocket, which is one of my New York Times in eight hours of me teaching. How do you get your family to make $500 to $1,000 extra a month? It's just that starter kit of make some more money to make your life better. And a thousand perspective wise, divide by four weeks. <laughs> I always use simple math for everybody. As divide by four weeks, it's 250 a week. It's $50 a day. There's not a family listening that can't figure out as a family and all their skills, how to make an extra $50 a day. So Absolutely. that's going to be our gift. So again, you're going to send your, uh, your, your proof of purchase on both of our books to get both of our bonuses to info at makeyourkidsmillionaires.com. And I'd like to say real quick that it's important to understand that the books are sort of symbiotic in nature. So yeah. it's the money and the financial literacy and how to grow these kids along the path. And then also how to ignite all these entrepreneurial instincts inside them. So they kind of work together in a symbiotic type of way to where you're getting everything, all the tools you need to, incre to create these incredible human beings. So it's definitely worth going and buying these books. Yeah. Well, Jessica, thank you. I know we have to, we have to uh, close out on this episode. <laughs> Um, but we will be back. I so appreciate your perspective and your sharing. And uh, thank you for this being was great. on. Thank you for having me.
Thank you. We'll be in touch. Those of you on the podcast, uh, you will be back next Friday. We will be back for another episode and uh, stay tuned. During this book launch, I have just extraordinary, extraordinary guests. So do not miss it. Make sure that you subscribe, click on the notifications. So every Friday morning, you're getting the notification. A new podcast is in your inbox. So this is Laurel and you've been listening to my podcast. If you've enjoyed this, I have a couple things you can do that are completely up to you. Number one, Take my quiz, go to integratedwellsystems.com and take the quiz. You will find that there's one of four personalities, financial personalities, we call them, that you're going to fall into. So as you take the quiz, it'll actually go through and identify, are you, you know, uh, in stagnant cash flow, right? Are you overpaying taxes? Do you have debt issues? You know, are you a lifestyle junkie? Where are you? And then from there, it goes to a video that actually gives you some solutions on how to correct that problem. So again, go to integratedwealthsystems.com, take my quiz, and we'll go from there. Thanks for listening to the Real Money Talks podcast. Your host has been Laurel Langmire, author of five New York Times bestsellers, money expert on Dr. Phil, CNN, CNBC, The Street TV, Fox News, and The View. Want to learn more about off-Wall Street investing, tax strategies, and multi-million dollar business strategies? Visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast for past episodes, show notes, and resources. For some special wealth building gifts only for Laurel's podcast listeners, visit liveoutloud.com slash podcast gifts. Do you have a burning question for Laurel? Visit asklaurel.com to submit your question and it may just be covered on a podcast episode. So stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to get new episodes every week.